out of all the emotional injuries that can whack us in life, few are as persistent and as painful as guilt. Raise your hand if you've ever felt guilty. Uh, if you'd like the person next to you to feel guilty, raise their hand. <laughs> Not this kidding. A man uh, called his mother, who was living in Arizona. <clears throat> so he called her up and said, uh, Hi, Mom, how are you doing? I'm, I'm not doing very well. I feel very weak. Oh, Mom, I'm sorry to hear that. Why? Why are you feeling so weak? between faith in Christ, receiving the Holy Spirit, and the forgiveness of sins. Now when we think about the times that we struggle with guilt, when we think about the times that we struggle with issues of self-forgiveness, let's think about that from the perspective of the four biblical principles of forgiveness. So the first principle is that forgiveness is a process. Tell your neighbor. Now, forgiveness is a process. And this applies just as much to forgiving someone else as it does to forgiving yourself. Now the challenge with self-forgiveness is actually ending the process. That's usually the problem. Because we can get stuck in an endless cycle of uh, negative feelings, bad reruns, and a lack of peace of mind. If you've ever been there, say amen. Amen. And anyone who has wrestled with the issue of self-forgiveness knows that the passage of time alone does not necessarily bring healing. In fact, sometimes the passage of time makes guilt and self-forgiveness worse. Because you have time to think about it and mull over it and it fills and it fills and it fills. So it requires more than just time. It's more than just processing, more than just time passing. Now, if your guilt or your self-forgiveness issue is related to something you did to someone else versus something you did to yourself, if you did something to someone else, you need to approach that person, ask for forgiveness, and where possible, make restitution. It's not always possible to make restitution for what we did. Now, if you've done that and been forgiven, or if you've done that and they refuse to forgive you, or you can't do that, because you can't contact them for whatever reason, uh, perhaps they've died, don't despair, don't despair. Self-forgiveness is still 
possible. Or if it's something you did to yourself and you can't quite get there, don't worry. Forgiveness is still possible. Which brings up a question for you. Even after someone has forgiven you, do you sometimes still feel guilty? Yes, not always, but sometimes even after you've been forgiven, you still feel bad for what you did. So that brings us to the second principle, which is forgiveness is a choice. Tell your neighbor. This also uh, is the same deal in terms of whether it's for someone else you're forgiving or yourself. Because there comes a point where you've processed the emotions, you know what you've done, but you need to make a choice with God's help to forgive yourself. Forgiveness is a decision. It's not a feeling. So it may take some time for those bad thoughts, the feelings toward yourself, to catch up with the decision you've made to forgive. But they, they will catch up. Now, there is a secret of sorts related to self-forgiveness. Maybe it's for all forgiveness, but certainly for forgiveness toward oneself. Because sometimes, despite your best efforts, you can't quite get to 100% self-forgiveness. But this secret will pick you up and carry you across the road to forgiveness. Do you want to know what the secret is? I'm going to tell you anyway, but I'm glad that some of you were interested in knowing. The secret is God's forgiveness. So point it up and say God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness. You can see, in a sense, forgiveness is a lovely wrapped gift. Forgiveness is a gift. And so on one hand, you can't forgive yourself. You can only receive it. On the other hand, maybe you can't forgive yourself. But in a lot of ways, forgiveness is a lovely gift, and then we have to receive that. And that's why oodles of people over the centuries have found great relief for their guilt by receiving God's forgiveness, by offering whatever that guilt is, whatever it is they've done, their issue, and offering it to the Lord. And by receiving God's forgiveness, their self-forgiveness issue is resolved. So let's look very quickly at three ways you can choose to confess your sin, your guilt, whatever it is, to the Lord and be unburdened. The first is privately through prayer. Now, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, I hope this is familiar to you. Privately in prayer. Basically, confess to God and carry on. This should just be a daily part of our life as Christians, especially if you're striving to be a disciple. So the first way that you confess, you can choose to confess to God and burden yourself is privately through prayer. A second is confession in church. I don't know if you've noticed, but just about every service the church has, and this is true across most Christian denominations, has a time for confession. And before that general prayer of confession that we pray together, there is usually a period of silence. And that silence is not a time where you're supposed to be thinking about what you're going to have for supper. Or, you're, you know, what you're going to watch on TV later. That period of silence is there very specifically for you to be honest with God in the silence of your own heart, silent in your own mind, and say, hey, this is what I did this week. This is how I messed up. This is what is bothering me. This is what is troubling my conscience. That's what that silence is for. If you haven't been doing that, you're missing out. 
And then when the priest of the pastor stands up as Christ's representative and declares the absolution, the forgiveness, if you have truly confessed from the heart, then you are truly forgiven. Accept the grace, leave the service unburdened. The third way is private confession. And this is good for people uh, who find themselves, maybe you'll someday find yourself in this. I hope not, but you might. It's a thing where you just can't get rid of it. It's just always bothering you, it's affecting your life, it's kind of become this disease that you live with, this unresolved guilt, this self-forgiveness issue. Uh, Priests of the past can never talk about the contents of the confession, there's a form of secrecy. And the Anglican Church's view of private confession is as follows. All can, none must, some should. And I certainly hear plenty of people's confessions. And as your spiritual doctor, which is what the rector of pastor is, among other things, I certainly can hear yours. Just make a point. So, the second principle of forgiveness is a choice. And then talking about these ways of confessing our sins, unburdening ourselves, brings us to the third principle, which is forgiveness is a behavior. Tell your neighbor. This is also very similar in terms of what, how you would forgive someone else. It also applies to yourself. Because very often, and we've mentioned this already, even after you've forgiven yourself, even after God has forgiven you, even after the person has forgiven you, sometimes you still feel guilty. Whether you should or not, it doesn't really matter, but you don't feel that way. And that's where forgiveness kicks in as a behavior. Basically, it's kind of four things. Number one, you stop any immoral or sinful behavior. Sometimes the reason you and I continue to feel guilty is because we continue to be doing things that we shouldn't be doing. Now, time There is a thing called false guilt. There are things you should not feel guilty about. And I imagine you probably know someone, maybe it's yourself, I don't know, but there are some people who are really good about feeling guilty about things they really shouldn't feel guilty about. But back to forgiving, behaving for yourself in a forgiving way. Number one, anything that's immoral or sinful, stop doing that. Number two, stop ruminating about it. Stop trying to think about it all the time. Don't talk about it with other people. Stop punishing yourself because of it. So, you have to behave for yourself in a forgiving way. Drop your immoral behavior. Try to stop ruminating about it in your mind. Don't talk about it with other people. Stop punishing yourself. Why should you stop punishing yourself? Because you have with God's all made decision to forgive yourself. Therefore, you're forgiven. Act like it. Now you say, you say, yes, okay, okay. You say, what about when those negative thoughts creep back into my head like rats? Now, I've done all that, but it comes back. Well, you need to get rid of it. You need to refocus your attention. You can even pray something like this. Or you can say it out loud to yourself. I confess that to God, I'm not doing it again, I'm forgiven, I'm carrying on. End of story, go away, moving on. Now remember, you may not feel like behaving toward yourself in these ways. You may prefer to feel like eating all the ice cream, you know, and mulling over this thing that you did, but no, you behave toward yourself in the way that we just talked about as you move forward, as your feelings catch up with your decision to forget. Fourth principle. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Tell your neighbor. Now, this actually principle applies differently in this situation. 
versus someone else you're forgiving versus yourself. Because what we're talking about today, forgiveness is about letting go of the self-loathing, the self-critiquing, and the guilty feelings that you've been having for yourself. Reconciliation has to do with getting back together or reconnecting with someone that you've been at odds with. Now, forgiving others is always possible with God's help. In your deepest voice, say always. Always. It may be a rough road, but it is always possible. Reconciliation, reconnecting with the person, is not always possible. Now, self-reconciliation and self-forgiveness basically go together. So if you do the self-forgiveness, you're essentially reconciling with yourself. Because once you've received God's forgiveness, or you've been able to forgive yourself for what you did, you're basically saying, I am a worthy person. I am a beloved son or a beloved daughter of the king. I am worth it. You're reconciling with yourself as you self-forgive. By the way, all those things are true of you. You are a worthy person. You are a beloved son or a beloved daughter of the king of God. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are worth it. This time, do it with much more enthusiasm. You are worth it. So, self-reconciliation and self-forgiveness go together. Alright, so let's do a little review of the four principles. Number one, forgiveness is a process. Number two, forgiveness is a choice. Number three, forgiveness is a behavior. And number four, forgiveness is not reconciliation. And uh, one more test question. What is the secret to self-forgiveness sometimes? God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness. Sometimes you can't get there on your own. Use God's forgiveness. Now today we've only really scratched just a little bit more the surface of this big topic of forgiveness. Let me step to the side and have a little disclaimer. It will take God's help for you to work these four principles in your life. Or someone you care about. They will need to have God's help for these four principles. But very often, especially with self-forgiveness and it's gotten stuck, you'll also need the help of someone else. It could be a counselor, it could be a pastor, it could be a friend, a family member, it could be a private profession. So if you or somebody else has really been stuck in terms of self-forgiveness, get God's help, yes, but don't be afraid to get other people's help as well. Next Sunday, we're going to be looking at forgiving God. Now, to some people, that statement speaks deeply to what they feel has been their experience. To most other people, that statement sounds iffy, or offensive, or there's something wrong with it. Well, we're going to talk about that next week. In the 18th century, there was a man by the name of John Newton. And, uh, no, he did not invent Dick Newton, so I'm sorry. John Newton was a slave ship captain. He was a slave ship captain. And he was overcome with guilt and remorse for what he had done. And he had done horrific things. He had done terrible things. And John Newton felt that there was just no way he could ever have forgiveness for the wretched, nightmarish acts that he participated in. But through Christ, and then through the power of the Holy Spirit, John Newton was able to receive forgiveness of sins. He found his guilt greatly relieved. 
you think you've done bad things, talk about what John Newton did. And he was able to find peace and forgiveness. And John Newton later wrote about his experience of guilt and forgiveness in a hymn. A hymn that has become beloved by millions of people. And the hymn is called Amazing Grace. You can find that Amazing Grace too. You don't have to carry that burden around any longer. Your life does not have to be infested with guilt. You are worth it. And with God's help, you can forgive yourself. Amen.